Welcome back, everyone, and happy Monday. This is Brown Bag Bets, powered by Betsperts. We are your daily dose of quick hit handicapping and sports betting picks. I'm Alex Christensen, and joining me, as always, from the WinBet, Mr. Andy Molitor. How are you? I think this is, this is the win in Vegas. Um, so I'm not really there. I'm still in Minnesota. I'm doing some traveling. I got to talk to you after the show. I'm going to have to do some rearranging and stuff. I'm doing some traveling here. I might be at the Encore Boston soon. I'd like to go check that out. Never been there. Patrick, right off the bat, huge props to the Deep Dive Derby pod. I can take no credit. Like, props to us for getting a good guest. But, yeah, and even Drew said that. He's like, well, after that guy talked me into Medina, it's like that was my horse for the rest of the week. And it's like thanks to Mike so much for making us look smart and really beautiful that I, I placed him fixed odds. I didn't get too cute with the, exa- the exotics. But, yes, a lot of people who listened to that placed uh, Medina Spirit at 15, 16 to 1. Even, you know, even 12 to 1s were nice. So it was it was nice to get a winner. I don't know if I've had a – a nice derby winner in a couple of years. So that was, especially at that price, that was a really good right? price on a wire to wire horse. That was lovely. Had great. I almost missed it. Honestly, I was kind of doing stuff in the afternoon. All of a sudden it was like, Oh shit. Derby's on in like half an hour. Cause I'd watched some of the earlier stuff. And we had to pile into the living room and watch that quick before I went back outside. It was very, it was a nice feeling. Got me drinking on Saturday. So yeah, I didn't see anybody tweet anything like this, but I feel like that has to be one of the higher odds derby winners in, in a, a little while and several years. I mean, usually the fields I think of it have been a little smaller, but I feel like that's the, one of the bigger numbers in a while. But again, that's just off the top of my head. I'm not actually sure. Yeah. I mean, there's been some big numbers that hit the board, but one that you've like felt so good about, like I, I've some of those, it doesn't feel like I should be placing a decent sized wager on this. I'm like, I felt good about this horse. It felt really good to hit that. So fun. We yeah, really fun weekend. We had that um, not only, not only that, but the, the rest of the draft, my mock did. Okay. You know what? I nailed the first 11, just not in the right order. So like the, the field fields obviously went 11, Lance went three. You can see this was my big board. I got, I I did like the grading system that other people are using. I actually had a pretty decent score. So I felt better about my draft after not feeling so good about just goofing around with it. And the worst part was I bet some Trey Lance last minute to go three. So like I, I didn't mock him there. I didn't want to change my mock, but somebody had given me a little bit of info and said, you might want to hedge out there and take some Lance. And it was Lance and congrats to the Niners for keeping their mouth shut, I guess. Like really, really good was, job of them. <laughs> just not it's letting impressive. Much it's impressive in, yeah. in today's day and age to keep something like that to yourself that long. Honestly, yeah, in the world, social media and everything, like to keep that under wraps that long is wild. So, um, other stuff over the weekend. Golf was okay, but we didn't. I don't think Golf, we picked no. them there. Nope, nobody had Sammy Burns, did they? No, I had some friends that had Burns. So Calhoun had them. A couple guys did. It was nice to see them guys in on that. Um, the Heat are now tied for the lead in the division. They well, have they're a tough behind because they don't have the tiebreaker. They're effectively half a game behind. Yeah, they're, they're a half game back. So, But in the in the standings, they are equal in the standings. Half game back. Uh, Atlanta probably wins tonight. They're the sharp side tonight in the game. It's kind of a tough spot for the Blazers. I think you're going to talk about that game yet too. But uh, a tough schedule for them. But, you know, chip chair and a chance. Hopefully we get there, which probably leads us right into that. Let's go into the NBA. You had a pick tonight. And God, we're doing it. We're doing it again. NBA Anders. <laughs> they haven't been okay. It's kind of back and forth here. 
Uh, we have lost some in spectacular fashion, but this is a number that really stuck out to me. Um, you know, we've got Atlanta and Portland here. Yes, Portland is generally a team that plays um, at a high pace offensively, um, but they have been a little bit of an under team this year. It's not a big profit, but you'd be slightly profitable had you backed Portland enters this year. Same thing with Atlanta, especially at home and both teams over the last 10 games. So as much as the eyes might tell you these teams put up big numbers, their paces have not been as good. And although Atlanta's offensive efficiency has been much better with Bogdan Bogdanovich, again, the pace hasn't made up for you know the number that we're seeing here. I have this total under 230. I would play this down to 234, 233. Just really like this spot. Portland is on a back-to-back. They're on a three and four. This is the fifth game of a six-game road trip. Generally, in these situations, what we'll see is tired legs. I expect Portland to struggle to make a lot of baskets tonight. Yes, I would like Atlanta to have DeAndre Hunter, but they've got John Collins and everybody else who generally makes up for a good defense there. And Young, again, should be kind of fatigued himself. This will be his third game in four nights and his third game back since injury. A lot of factors pointing towards the under here. My numbers like the under. So let's hold our noses, Andy, and go under again here and have hopefully an underful start to the week. I can get there. And you know what? I'm probably going to just sidebar. I'm probably going to bet a little on Atlanta. Not only do I, I think it's probably the right side, just talking to some NBA people, it's almost a little bit of a hedge. Like if they win, I won't feel as bad if I can make a quick buck off them tonight. So I didn't, I, I played the minus two for a small stake just to, to have something, have something to pump through the veins tonight. So that's yeah, it. That. And then back a little back to the NFL. It's going to be a while here before we have a lot of NFL content. Like, we're this was it. It was great the last couple of weeks. I really enjoyed the draft. I enjoyed all the draft content, but now we're back to it. We're back to the spot where it's going to be a while before we get to the preseason. We'll have draft, or, you know, Drew and I will do the deep dive previews come what, July? So we're talking two months of pretty NFL-less content. We'll probably get into some regular season win totals, but something that did pop up on the offshores and the legal books and a few different places, I saw it everywhere. I just happened to grab fan duels because they have the nicest formatting, I think, was Rookie of the Year odds. So, And you can see the first five. Offensive Rookie of the Year, the first five are quarterbacks. That's where we're at in this world. I'm trying to think the, uh, you know, Kamara and Sack Barkley had uh, even Todd Gurley in 15. Running backs can win this, but for a running back to win this, you not only need the running back to really, really have a big part in the offense and have a good year, you have to have a down quarterback class. I just don't see all five of these guys, you know, flopping. Mac will probably be in a bit of a competition, but I would think they want him to get going. Everybody else, I think, is is raring to go here. T Law, Fields, and Wilson certainly are starting. So I just don't see the flops being heavy enough for a running back to get it done. Pitts would be tricky too, just because it, it is a tight end. He could be a bit of a unicorn player, but again, it's likely a quarterback. Would have to be substantial. Yeah. What do you think if you would I, need from a tight end? Like 1,500 yards receiving and 10 yeah, touchdowns? Like something nuts like big, that? Well, just the last wide receiver to win rookie of the year was Percy Harvin. And he, he was a bit of this kind of guy, too, where he was doing a lot of different things. In fact, he was returning some kicks as well. He yeah, was in everything. You know, he, he was running out of the backfield. So he was doing a ton. And, again, it was kind of a weird year down. Before that, Bolden. Bolden had a great year. And before that was Randy Moss, which I don't know if you're going to see a rookie year like that ever again. No. Just with the with the volume of touchdowns. So if I did have to pick somebody out of this top group, 
I think I'm a little low on T-Law at that price, just based on I'm a little low on what Urban Myers has said. Uh, Urban's Meyer, Urban Meyer had said, and the way they drafted uh, the the running back, saying like, "Hey, we 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 wanted to draft a third down running back in the first round." Like, I'm a little sketched out about Jack Jacksonville to begin with. Fields, um, I I like maybe as my second pick here, but probably Zach Wilson. Not only because I liked what the Jets did drafting, I like what they're kind of putting together there. They got rid of the shitty coach, and seven to one doesn't feel horrible here for, and it's it's a media hub. Like it's New York. If he plays half well in New York, like that's just the amplification. That's such a dumb media award. Like you need everybody behind you pumping it up on social media and stuff. So Zach Wilson, I'm, I'm kind of tempted to take that at seven to one middle of the pack stuff. It's kind of tough, you know, like again, Bateman Moore. they don't even have Moore's names. It's Ron Rondell, not Randell. I think Elijah Moore, I guess I could see but And then the, the deep quarterbacks, that's tough too. If you think, there's a any chance that Kirk Cousins gets supplanted, that they move him, that they're sick of that contract and Mond plays. Ninety to one's an awful big number for a guy yeah. that I don't I don't love. So I'm not in love with that. But yeah, a little on fields maybe. I am gonna dig into some stuff, especially on the other side of the ball. We'll get to that right now. Defensive rookie of the year is up as well. Micah Parsons is chalk, which I don't love. Linebackers yeah. can win this. Linebackers have won this like three out of the past 10 years, I think. But those people were Von Miller, Luke Keekley, and Darius Leonard. Like those are gods. Like those are those are really high-end guys who had huge seasons, lots of tackles, tackles for losses, and were a big part. I don't know if I can get behind yeah. Parsons here when they're it's like so you many said though, it's, it's a it's a media award, and he's gonna have a chance to get out there and get a hundred and some tackles. So uh, I guess that's kind of what they're doing. They're going, all right, this guy has the highest floor in terms of odds, if you will. So we'll just start with him since, you know, maybe everyone else is a little more out of line, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I guess what another thing I hate about him is just such a bad defense. I don't know if he's going to be able to get a lot done. Maybe that helps. I'm going to look into that, I guess. If he can flash on a bad team because he's making a lot of tackles, but it's just such a horrible defense that, I don't know if I don't know if we're gonna get the stats we need. I'd rather take an edge rusher. The next three guys are a little more up my alley in a Wusu Koromura, Quiddy Pay, and Jalen Phillips. I could see some of those guys. It's tough to get a corner. Lattimore won it with the Saints a few years back, but before that it'd been a long time. So I am gonna kind of look yeah, it's tough for a corner to make the the jump. We've seen that year after year. So probably Phillips and or uh, Horn and Sertain. I'm crossing off aziz i might cross off a little farley i could look at but yeah let, somebody between the quitty pay jalen phillips i think i'm gonna look there and really i i need to start looking at some depth starts and usage and some quotes from these teams seeing who i think is gonna get the most starts but honestly i'm probably gonna bet a couple of edge rushers here i just haven't got to it so early lines are out i'd love to hear who you guys got and who the, what the reasoning is. If you have any hot takes on that, let us know. Hit us up on Twitter or in the chat here or even in a comment if you're watching this later on. So I haven't placed anything yet, but I probably will. 
Yeah, I, th- I think there's some good numbers there, and, and we'll start to dig in. Like you said, it's very early, and it's hard to tell who's going to play where and what, but I think there's definitely some value in that defensive one because, again, I think they're just looking at Parsons and going, all right, he's going to have the most tackles. It, the defense is bad, so he'll be out there running around doing you know, probably most of the work, but I don't know if you know he'll get the sacks or the big plays that some of those other guys will, and you do kind yeah. of cross off cornerback and safety. It's just it's too hard to transition. Well, that's the thing, too, with like uh... – I'm trying to think who went to well, – that's the thing. You look at these odds. They're not totally in line with where these guys were drafted. Like Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa was drafted 52nd overall and he's second favorite. He went to – I mean, he was great. The best part about him, he won ACC Defensive Player of the Year. They're not even in the ACC. Like they, Just Notre Dame just played the played an ACC schedule for the year, and he won a conference tournament or a conference award that they're not even really in. So he's a stud. I just worry he won't be the best pass rusher on the field for his team, whereas last year we saw Chase Young, clearly the best player on that defense. Like he was an animal. I wonder if, you know, Koromoa gets lost in the shuffle a little. That's going to be a really, really good defense. I, you know, I said this different. I said kind of the opposite there. I was worried about Dallas, how bad the defense is. Maybe I, I worry that Cleveland's defense is going to be too good, have too many flash players that he kind of gets lost in the, the shuffle there. So maybe, maybe I do like Quiddy Pay from Michigan. He went to the Colts. You get an edge rusher on the fast track indoors. Maybe that's not a bad look there. So I might take a peek at him. Um, tennis. Leads us up to tennis. That was a uh, could he pay into tennis? I don't know how to segue that, but um, <clears throat> I'm trying to think if there's a Greek it sort of rhymes with play. Yeah, if, if there was a Greek player, because we could talk about Maria Sakari. Sakari, I can't never say her name right. She I'm looks not sure good if it right is Sakari or Sakari. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to go Sakari. She looks great right now. She looks good. She looks strong. She can definitely win her quarter. Does she play today? Um, let me see. I think she played yesterday. She plays tomorrow, I believe. Um, yeah, She's our remaining. They, right. they still have everybody split up. They haven't combined them yet for the rounds, but I do believe that she is tomorrow. Yeah, she's not today. She's going to play tomorrow. All right, so she's got Machova, and then she'll take on, after she disperses her, it'll be the winner of Brady, and we'll just say Brady because I don't want to say the other name. Pavlin's I think Chico. it will. I think it will be Brady and not Pavlyuchenkova, which is a Pavlyuchenkova. Yeah, I, that's why I like. I hope Brady wins because that's an easier name. But I and I do think Brady <laughs> takes that match. So hopefully we get. Uh, yeah, we get our girl in the quarterfinals with a nice fat number there. And since she's not playing today, we'll have to do something else. You've got some looks though. Yep, these will be tomorrow morning. Again, the way this tournament works, they're playing tennis. While we're on the show, basically, there's a match right now. There's one that's going to start shortly when we're done. Nothing in either one of those. So as we look to tomorrow morning, Elise Mertens is playing Simona Halep. Happy to grab under 20 and a half here. I would hang a 20 here, maybe a cheap 19 and a half. These two have played several times. Um, Simona Halep generally beats the crap out of Mertens. Mertens took a set off her, but I believe that was on a grass court, maybe a hard court, where Halep generally isn't at her best. Elise Mertens is a fun player in the WTA and that I describe her as kind of my measuring stick. If Elise Mertens beats you, you're probably not a great WTA player. You're probably not destined to be a top five, top 10 sort of player. But if you beat the crap out of Elise Mertens, you probably have a chance to be a top five, top 10 WTA player. Simona Halep is clearly a top five player on tour. Mertens should be very well outmatched in this 
game. Uh, Halep, the spread was minus four and a half. You know, so if you get a six four six four, that's actually a loser. Would much rather play the under twenty and a half here. Again, six four six four is a winner. Seven five six two. Just a lot of different spots as opposed to trying to attack the spread there. I think this will be a quick match. Halep looks to be in, in pretty good shape, and maybe I'm wrong. And Mertens beats the crap out of her for some reason. Either way, we're covered under twenty and a half. I like that. I'm playing that. I like Halep. I like old Halep. Uh, that's true. She was. Uh, a little easier on the eyes some years ago, but playing great tennis, and maybe that was for the best. Who knows? We do have something else that you like. We've got an overstack. Arena Sabalenka is playing Jessica Pagula, two of my favorite players. Pagula does not have a ton of success on clay courts, but has had a year of basically just going above and beyond and over anything that we've ever seen from her. She is absolutely on the ascension upwards, and I think that her game will do well in the altitude here where her fitness will play well, her serve will do well in the thinner air. Sabalenka is just an over player. Um, one of our friends we talked to, and I think we talked about this off the show, but our buddy Jeff is the kind of guy who likes to just bribe certain trends, and you know, trends have, some are good, some are bad, and in tennis, certain players, as we learned with Coco Goff specifically, pretty much always go over. And before Coco Goff, there was Arena Sabalenka. And the market has adjusted, you know, more or less on her and a lot of hard court matches and things. You'll generally see a 21 and a half in this situation. You'll see a lot of 22s. I think she's had the most 22s of anybody on the WTA this year. But Pagul, I think, is still being underrated on clay. I think this match will be much closer. I'm happy to take over two and a half. And the over two and a half sets at plus 190. Um, I saw plus 180 somewhere. That's fine, too. I'd play this down to plus 170, honestly. I think um, this should be closer to plus 155, plus 160. And for the total, again, I'd hang probably a cheap 21 and a half, a, a, a juicy 21. So 20 and a half is good. If you have a cheap 21, like 21 plus money, that's fine too. So we'll stack the over here to go with our under. I'm down with that. I do love these stacks. You know I love you know I'm a sucker for this. So <laughs> which uh will lead this to the close. Though. Yeah, you know, yeah. You know I'm a sucker for that stuff. I'm going to play that. Ah, uh, golf was okay. Didn't get a winner. Outrights, you know, didn't work out. Props did okay. More, more hit the cut. That was a good one because I placed a little more on that. More on that. Um, he was looking good. Uh, but yeah, a couple, a couple of the guys. Uh, Grio, I think, shot an opening round 66. Followed it with like a 76. Ended up missing the cut. So a couple of the props went uh, belly up right away. But you know, the head to heads went two and two. That's uh, kind of where most of my money's at. So I need those to do well to keep my head above water. Looking at the Wells Fargo this week, uh, I will be doing the preview show again tomorrow, approaching the green. I'll play it. Uh, Pam and I will have some props, some picks, some outrights, some head-to-heads and stuff. Check that out. It's on the same YouTube channel, which, speaking of that, if you are watching on the YouTube channel and I can see that people are, do give us a thumbs up. That helps somehow with the algorithm. So hit the thumbs up button and bet Harold Varner the third with me. You can actually find this at a hundred to one at DraftKings right now if you want. I already bet it at eighty. Um, confirmation bias, whatever you want to call it. After I made the slide, uh, my guy Will Brinson said he was betting it. I'm excited because he's seeing the board right now. He hit Burns this weekend too. So always happy to be on the same side as somebody who's hitting winners right now. So Varner, I will hit this in different ways. This is a tough field. This is a big number. I'm going to bet him top 10, top 20 as well. Maybe some props. He hits all the, he hits all the numbers here for me. He checks all the boxes. He's a guy I like to bet uh, first round leader. That'll yeah, probably be a bet as well. I like Harold Varner as a first round leader in a lot of different places, especially here. And this is a 
this is a guy who said he likes it here and he wants to play well here. He's kind of been prepping for Quail Hollow, so I'm buying into that great name, that stuff. Quail so, Hollow. Quail, yeah, it's a nice course. I'm looking forward to playing it tomorrow night. Somebody just asked, <laughs> "What day is Untitled Golf Project?" You know, I titled it. I titled it is Titled Golf Project now. Approaching the green. <laughs> Green is a bit of a double entendre, get it? Like money, even though I didn't win much last week. Uh, 7 p.m. Central, 8 Eastern on Tuesdays. I'm going to do it Tuesday nights in between the deep dive nights. So just one more night that I have to work late and the wife hates me. But I get to play Nintendo. That's the job. I'm fine with that. So Tuesday nights, 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific. That'll be what we're doing going forward. And... With that, I think that's it for the for. I was going to say the week. It's fucking Monday. It is. Oh, we got a lot more to go. Andy. It's Tuesday, eleven. So, very excited to check back with you guys tomorrow. Hit us up if you have any uh, hot takes on those offensive or defensive rookie of the year markets. We'll catch you tomorrow. Like I said, for more brown bag bets, catch you tonight for a deep dive. We'll hit an evergreen topic, and again, approaching the green tomorrow. And finally, as always. Thanks to the sponsor, WinBet. If you do, I'm working on getting more links because there's more states coming up. There's, there's just, yeah, there's stuff that you have to do behind the scenes to get those links for you. And I might be traveling to some of those states, even though I do have a, I wonder if I could have a Colorado account and a Virginia account. I'm not sure how that works. We'll check into I think that. You do because you can't cross state lines. So I wonder how many accounts I can sign up for. All right. Just thanks, get guys. On the plane. Fly around, get in the car, do a cross country <laughs> trip. Little, little trip around. I'm not worried. So, all right, that'll do her. We'll catch you guys tomorrow. Thanks for the hang. Thanks for the thumbs up. And thanks for the questions, comments, and general love. See you tomorrow.